Hello, friends. We're excited to spotlight The Little Rose Shop, a haven for those seeking to integrate their faith into their daily lives. At The Little Rose Shop, their mission is clear, to assist people in living their faith in the everyday moments with intentionally designed products. They've curated a collection of items that are both practical and beautiful, and I'm excited to introduce you to two of their favorites. First, the Little Rose Shop's Morning Offering Prayer Mug. This mug has the entire Morning Offering Prayer beautifully printed on it, so as you sip your morning coffee, you have a visual reminder to start your day with this simple and powerful prayer. I have this mug. It is so sweet. This and many other prayer mugs are designed for those of us who need little nudges to encounter God before getting swept away by the day's distractions. The Little Rose Shop has also created a series of quiet books perfect for the littlest members of our faith. The Mass Quiet Book, the Rosary Quiet Book, and the newest edition, the Where is Jesus Quiet Book, are delightful tools for parents and caregivers. These books are quite enough to bring to Adoration or Mass, and you'll love watching your littles play with the interactive pages, like Finding Baby Jesus in Mary's Tummy, or Elevating the Eucharist into the Priest's Hands. It's a beautiful way to instill a love for God from the very beginning. And here's the exclusive offer for our Abiding Together listeners. Use the promo code ABIDING15 at checkout for a special 15% off discount on all items at thelittlerosshop.com. The Little Rose Shop is owned and operated by Catholic moms who are making snacks and changing diapers, all while trying to innovate practical products to enhance your spiritual life. Whether it's starting your day with a prayer mug or introducing your little ones to the parts of the Mass, the Little Rose Shop has something for everyone. So be sure to check out the Little Rose Shop at thelittleroseshop.com and don't forget to use the code ABIDING15 for a 15% off discount. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. And we are delighted to be with you on this adventure. And I know that the Lord is going to do wonderful things in all of our hearts. The Abiding Together podcast is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And wherever you find yourself in the world, wherever you find yourself in your life, you are most welcome here. And we know that the Lord will speak to you. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life. We speak about our sorrowful mysteries, our joyful mysteries, and how the Lord is leading us in it all. And you are most welcome right here, right here. So please grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. And our friends, it's already here, our foray into Lent. Here we go. It is February 12th, and we're about to dive into Lent. Probably one of the earliest Lents you can possibly have. Not the earliest, but one of the earliest which starts on Valentine's Day, Heather. I don't know how you feel about Lent starting on Valentine's Day. It's but, tough. You know. I'm not, I mean, you know, I used to be way more, I would probably be in my younger years like, yeah, good, suffer more, you know, like just take more. But I'm like, oh, that's kind of, yeah, strange. Like everybody's dinner plans are going to be kind of weird. It's like, mm-hmm. let's go on a date and not eat. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's fast on our date. No, but it's okay. It really does feel weird though. Like it was, it feels like an about face from mm-hmm. Advent. You know, it feels mm-hmm. like such a quick turnaround. I was like, whoa, did ordinary, t- ordinary time even happen in there? Anyway, here we are. Yeah. Michelle, what do you think about that? Yeah. I feel like I, well, I just returned from Louisiana um, on my personal silent retreat and y'all, mm. they were ready to go. Like, I mean, it was Mardi Gras and full yeah, in full form there. So I was just loving it because they were celebrating it. I was like, you know what? The Cajuns know how to feast well. Like they know how to feast well before we have to fast for a while. So, you know, I'm just chalking it up as like, okay, 
Jesus is our one true love. It's Valentine's Day. Let's move on. So, you know, it is what it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, look at her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, good one, Michelle. There you mm-hmm. go. We just have to move on. And we're going to eat a lot on Fat Tuesday. Like, let's just be honest. Like, let's <laughs> just celebrate that. Because that's what it's all about, right? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting you say that, Michelle, because in the Magnificat this month, we know, we all know how much we love the Magnificat. <laughs> it talks about that very thing of, of the reminders throughout Lent that it begins on Valentine's day of a reminder of God's love for us, you know, of a feast dedicated to love that it's just like, Oh yeah, we're doing this because God loves Mm -hmm. us and he wants to bring us more deeply into his love, you know? Amen. So that is the deal. All right, friends. So what we're going to do is we often do a book study during Lent. So we take a chapter from the book or a part from the book every week. And so this week or this month, sorry, this Lent, we are going to walk through Mother Mary Francis's book, A Time of Renewal, Daily Reflections for the Lenten Season. And we understand that some some of the hard copies are out on the major distributors. The digital version is still online and you can get that anytime um, you want me to keep trying during Lent to see if you can get a copy, if you really want a hard copy of that. And as always, you can just listen to it with us along the way. You don't have to, people often ask, do I have to read it before or after? You can do whatever's best for you. Sometimes people will want to read it before. Or sometimes one of people want to read it as we go. What we're going to do is just highlight some of the points throughout the week. And that's all that needs to happen. So mm-hmm. we're going to start our podcast with the overall scripture for this time, which is something that Mother Mary Francis pulls out in the very beginning, which is Isaiah 58. And Isaiah 58 has 14 verses. So I'm just going to read, we're going to just kind of go through these verses. I'm going to read it like five at a time. So so the title of this chapter is False and True Worship. And we're just going to let the Lord speak to us whatever He wants to speak to us as we read His Word. So it says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinances of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why we have fasted and you thou has not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have taken no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. Is such a fast that I choose a day for a man to humble himself? Is it to bow his head in in a rush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? That's a lot. There's a lot there in those verses, but it's going to lead us to really what, what is true and false worship. And of course, like the word of God is not saying that we don't, you know, humble ourselves and we don't, you know, bow our heads, so to speak, but that it's not in exterior manifestations that a fast and transformation takes place. It's actually the deep interior, which manifests exteriorly. So Michelle, as we walk into this, what strikes you in the Isaiah 58? And then we're going to talk about Ash Wednesday, her opening reflection, Mother Mary Francis, which is a time of reflowering. But anything you want to add or read or where would you like to go? No, I think it's beautiful. Like she starts us off with Isaiah 58, which was actually one of the readings at my wedding, by the way. And just fun fact. There you go. Seriously. (laughs) But I like how she started off like this is not the fast that I chose. And like she leads us into what happens. But I think what Mother Mary Francis is pointing out, but what the Lord is pointing out this Lent is, okay, let's take an inventory of our hearts. Where are you? Mm-hmm. As Mother Mary Francis calls it, where do you need to reflower in your life? So good. So what does it look like for us for this Lent? I think it's a really great intentional time to count the fruit that's in our life, like to really take an inventory of the fruit in our life and the flowers in our life. Okay, what is barren in our life? What is not producing fruit? What's not producing good fruit? 
it may be mm-hmm. being bearing fruit, but is it bearing good fruit? And is it bearing fruit that's going to last? It, are the things in our life going to come up again, this fruit that's going to last forever? And then what is some areas that the Lord just really wants to prune? But I think the whole purpose is because he wants us in, yeah, just right relationship with him. He's calling us to turn around and look at the flowers like, you know, here we go. It's time to bloom forth in Mm -hmm. beauty, truth, and goodness, but it's time to bloom forth in intimacy with him. So what is it that the Lord is asking us to do? And Mm -hmm. she lays it out pretty well in the next part of this, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Heather, what about you? Yeah, I think the the seasons of the church like this, these special times that are set aside are an absolute opportunity for a wake-up call to occur. You know, it's like, what's the difference between the essentials and the non-essentials? What's bearing fruit? What's not bearing fruit? Like, can we just take stock of what is happening actually within our heart? Because I think we all have a tendency to get into routines and we just, we do what we do. And it's like, well, I'm going to pick my thing to give up and I'm going to sacrifice and I'm going to go to mass and I'm going to do my devotions. And those are all good Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. But if they are just like the end in and of the, like, they're, they're not meant to be that. They're supposed to be the pathway mm-hmm. by which we make more space for God, where we let our idols get get destroyed, you know, under his power and his love, that, we, that we're just like loved into freedom from all these things that bind us. So I, th- I love just starting at that place with like, let's just start distinguishing, like drawing a line in the sand between what's true worship, what's false mm-hmm. worship, what is really happening under the surface in our hearts. And, mm-hmm. and that always is the invitation in these seasons. Will we allow God to take us under the surface? Mm-hmm. And not just have it be an exterior practice. That's a good word, loved into freedom. That's a good word. Because we all have our, I think we all have our programs. Like you said, we do prayer fasting and almsgiving and Catholics, you know, we do that pretty well. We know, and I'm going to do my little program and then it's going to be hard. I'm going to give, I mean, and without really maybe a, like a holy wonder and a holy curiosity of Lord, what is your desire this Lent? Like, what are you going to surprise me with? I'm going to offer this to you. Here, here are some things I feel like you're inviting me to grow in more freedom. Here's here are things that I'm going to offer up that I'm going to offer up for somebody else or whatever that is. But then to be willing to be surprised with holy wonder and holy curiosity. And she says on Ash Wednesday, her reflection is a time of reflowering, like we alluded to. And she says, Mother Mary Francis says, we have come to the beginning of Lent. And I hope we will not allow ourselves to think of it as just another Lent. There is a very deep sense in which there is not another Lent, and then another, and then another after that. This Lent is unlike any other. It is this acceptable time. We do not know if there will be another Lent for us, but we do know that God has brought us to this acceptable time, to this prolonged day of salvation. This is the acceptable time, and the Apostle Paul is begging us to receive the graces of this time in vain. And even when she mm-hmm. said that, she said, we don't know if there is going to be another line. I was like, oh, you just kind of threw mm-hmm. that out there right at the beginning. You're like, it's true. You know, it's, <laughs> it's true. Like, so true. Oh, okay. You know, the, amen. This, this is not just another Lent, but this is the acceptable. This Lent is unlike any other. And there are graces that God's going to give us that he didn't give us last Lent and things we weren't able to receive that we could receive mm-hmm. now. And in the, the journey that he's going to lead us on, which is, you know, through prayer, fasting and almsgiving, but through a deep time of renewal. And that, that's, I like her heart of her book, the title of the book is not suffer a lot. <laughs> the, the the title of the book is a time of renewal. And that makes all the difference. I also like that she points out in that first section of Ash Wednesday there about, she says, let me see what page this is for me. I'm, I have the Kindle copy, so it's page mm-hmm. 17. And she says, I hope we will all be deeply conscious of our involvement in one another's mm-hmm. holiness, of our sharing yeah. of penance and of sacrifice and very especially of our responsibility for one another's growth and holiness during this Lent. And I was like, I don't often think about Lent that way at all. 
I'm thinking about me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which, which is good that we consider ourselves. But <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, this is really, really good that we would mm-hmm. just have a communal sense of, well, can we help each other? Like just stay focused and uh, on the real purpose of what we're doing here just so that we can grow in holiness together. Oh, that was excellent. Mm-hmm. It is. And I think I love how she approached it where you, like what you were saying, sister, where you approach it with wonder and joy, like that, like that you are actually Mary, little Mary penitents, like, you know, like, here we go, little Mary people, like, okay, because we're turning around and we're like, what are our practices that put us back in the gaze of the father? Like we can all make great mm-hmm. checklists and like, I'm going to do this and I'm mm-hmm. going to do this and I'm going to do, you know, like all these harsh things, but what are the practices that are going to put us back in the embrace of the Father? What are the practices that are going to turn us around so we're eye to eye back with the Trinity? You know, and it was interesting. Like I just said, I just got off my personal retreat and I was going for a walk. And one of the things like Lent, Lent came into my mind and I just got this sense that the Lord was like, I want you to play this Lent. And my, I kid mm. you not, my first thought was, that's not holy. Like, that's not hard enough. Like, that's what I really thought. I was like, that's not hard enough. Yeah. And I was telling the person that was directing my silent retreat and she looked at me and she goes, but wouldn't that put you in the arms of the father if you did that? Because it's vulnerable for you. And you have, and I was just like, shush, shush. Yeah. <laughs> I got my thing. I've got, I got my the thing. I've got my precious. Don't like, and then yeah. she reminds me like, isn't your word re-enchantment for the wow. year? I'm like, okay, you can just stop now. Like we get the point, you know, like we get the point, but it was like, but that was my first thought. Like, it's not hard enough, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm missing the point. Mm-hmm. The point is intimacy. The point is not, you know, this is not the fast I've chosen, you know, like what the Lord is doing. He's chosen us. He wants us a contrite heart. He wants us to come closer. He wants us to lament in the ways that we have broken his heart, but the ways that we have distanced ourselves, you know, we want to be closer. Mm. The priest that was with us when I was giving my silent retreat, the first day I was there, he was talking about what a good penitent is. And he said, I thought a good penitent was, he said, I would count almost the days and the weeks since I committed. It's been three weeks since I committed the sin. Like I've been two weeks, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, look, I'm getting further and further, you know, my time's lapsing in the sin that I struggle with. He's often. And he said, Mm -hmm. what I really needed to be counting. And he turned upside ahead. And like, this was like a game changer for me, like a mindset shift. He said, I need to be counting the days, how close I am to the Lord. Mm. How close am I to the Lord today? Like, where did I feel? He goes, because when I get far from the Lord, if he goes, if I count the days that I'm far, that's where the sin comes in. Mm-hmm. But when I count the days and I realize I'm close to him and pay attention to that, the sin doesn't come in because I don't turn to my own self-defenses or my own idols or my own fill in the blank, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just like, okay, that's a totally different way of looking at it. You know, let me count the closeness mm-hmm. to him, not the areas that I fall short, you know? And that's mm-hmm. what Lent is, mm-hmm. coming close. Wow, that's a great practice. I wonder if we just wrote that on a note card. How close am I to the Lord mm-hmm. today? I wrote it on our mirrors or where places where you'd see it of even throughout the house, like a post-it note while you're doing dishes and to allow that to ponder in our heart, this Lent of how close am I to the Lord today? And that's a great examine at the end of the day of mm-hmm. where did I lose your presence, Lord? Where, cause you're always here. Where did I lose your presence? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. I just on the, along that vein, I just want to continue with Isaiah 58. So this is, so Isaiah 58, six to nine now. So then Isaiah says, the Lord says, is this the fast that I choose? Is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. 
Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Uh, that, that is like the opposite. Like it's like flipping it on its head mm-hmm. really. And it, this is, this is exactly what you're talking about, Michelle. And also you, Heather, of, of hearkening to her thing. Like, you know, we we help each other in our holiness. Mm-hmm. It's like when Jesus says, you did it unto me. And there's no isolation. It's like, oh, I'm going to do my little Lenten thing. And I'm going to get holy by myself. Like we talked about in our communion and solitude. It's everything is overlapping. Everything is interconnected. And that's a real invitation. So she's on Friday, this this Friday for Ash Wednesday, she's going to talk about God's God's Lenten program, which oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I read that. I'm like, I just think I'll stay here oh, the yeah. rest of Lent. That was really, yeah. Heather, what do you think about that? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. The Lenten program is something. I just want to say something about the Isaiah as it moves, like, it's like he's saying all these ways. It's like when you love like me, there's that's where the closeness comes. You know, mm-hmm. when you allow yourself to not just stare at yourself, become self-absorbed, and you actually break out and you go and do the things that I have asked you to do, but you love like me, like that's where the closeness comes and you will see me and you will hear mm-hmm. from me and we will be in communion together, which I'm like, he's so good at the promises. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think we have to remember that is like God doesn't ask us just to sacrifice and for it to be hard and to carry our cross. And then hopefully we'll get there, you know, one day he's like, he is Emmanuel. Like he comes to be with us in the midst of all of those things. And so I think there's an expectancy that we should have. Sometimes we don't expect him to come. We should, we should mm-hmm. expect him to mm-hmm. come this Lent. We should have an expectant heart that we will meet Jesus along this pathway, even as she sets out these these hard, these hard things for us during Lent, you know, this Lenten pathway, I think we should, um, yeah, not just look at them as things, boxes to be checked, but places of encounter. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's so beautiful. And I think taking it back to her language of like reflowering, I think these beautiful mm-hmm. points that she makes are lessons like, okay, these are things that help us bloom into a new springtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, I realize, like literally I'm going back again to my retreat, but literally I'm really good at wintering. I've gotten really good at winter. Mm-hmm. Like I've gotten really, wor- like this was a season of grieving for me. This was a season, but I, I almost got comfortable in the season of winter. Like, okay, so true. all right. But now this is a season of springtime. That's what Lent is in the church. It's a season of springtime. So, okay. So what mm-hmm. does it look like for me to bloom? What does it look like to me to be, you know, exuding the fruits of the spirit? What does it look like for me to be in deep intimacy with the Lord? So then I can speak tenderly to the people, like she was saying, or like, really, I love when she said, don't ignore people <laughs> that are mm-hmm. present to you. Look at no. people's hearts. Let's get practical for yeah. a second. <laughs> Smile yeah. at people. Like, you know, like, what does yeah. the joy of the Lord look like in your life, you know, to exude mm-hmm. that because that you've had intimacy with him and it comes out like, I think, yeah, like we're really good winter people as Catholics. I don't know if we're as good yeah. as good spring people, you know, and that's what he's calling us forth to be, to really, what does it look like for us to bloom? And what does it look like for us to bloom? What environment do we need to be able to bloom in? And that's where we go back to what Mm -hmm. practices do we need to put in place so we can bloom. Sister, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah. And she sums that up in like those eight points that she makes on Good Friday. And it is the reflowering. And yeah, her her particular nuance of this, I think, is really helpful because we can we all need to. So I think on the outset, we might want to offer the fact that we're not going to go anywhere in Lent without Jesus. Yes. Or it's not going to be just me doing my thing. I'm only going to follow God's lead. So the, the Jesus is led by the Spirit into the desert. So you and I are going to be led by the Spirit into the desert. Amen. We're not going to go out on my own and tell God what I'm going to do. I'm going to be led by the Spirit, which is the surprising aspect of God's love. So 
she says, and, and I'll just read you one of her points, which I found very conv- <laughs> I found very convicting, but so good. I was like, girl, preach it. She says, we can only go forward rightly by following God's lead. What does it mean to release those who are bound unjustly? It means to stop blaming other people for our own lack of growth. To blame our own faults on others is to bind them unjustly. This is one of the greatest delusions in the world that I would be so patient if, if, if I would be so charitable, charitable, if, if, if the truth is not that I'm impatient because of so-and-so interrupting me or frustrating me or wasting my time. Rather, that person reveals to me my own lack. She reveals to me the shallowness of my prayer, the flimsiness of my charity, the superficiality of my patience. The right response is to blame myself. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I was sitting in the chapel reading this. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? So I, yeah. I think the, the, those are the deeper places of like, no, I'll just give up Cheetos. That's okay. I won't, uh, I won't, you know, I, I won't sit in this place, but this is, yeah, to me, the much deeper place of, oh, okay, Lord, what is this person? You know, for example, if that's something that you struggle with, we all do, but for you specifically is what is this person revealing about me? Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, people reveal that to me all my, my, my love is very self-centered. I, I see that all the time myself. I'm like, wow, my love is really shallow here. Lord, I can't my love is very poor. I need you to come love here. I need you to come teach me how to love because mine is very self-centered and very, you know, focused on me and this and that. I'm like, oh, that's not love. That's not, you know, Corinthians saying love is patient, love is kind. Like, so the Lord is is, re- is renewing our love. Mm. So funny mm. when I read that line, I underlined it too. And the first thing I thought about was that Reese Witherspoon movie, Sweet Home Alabama. Why do you make me be so mean to you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why do you make mm-hmm. me be so unholy mm-hmm. to you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blaming other people. But Heather, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, I, th- this is a place where we often, I think, can it can switch from abiding mm-hmm. to striving, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I got to love better. And I got to, you know, it's like on us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, love is a virtue. That's a gift mm-hmm. that God mm-hmm. gives to us. It, it is himself, actually. That's who he is. So if we can't love well, there's something really beautiful about actually taking responsibility mm-hmm. for that because then it opens up our place of desperation where we're like, I actually don't know how to do this, Lord. I, I'm i not good at this. I actually need you. Holy cow. What a good admission, yeah. you know? I actually need you, which opens up our heart. Like that gives us an opportunity to like stretch our heart wide open and go, Lord, like look at all this space where there's lack. Mm-hmm. Like, will you just come and fill it with your very self so that that's what I'm able to offer to someone instead of like, yeah, my poor behavior, my frustration, my impatience, my, you know, all of that. It's like, we can't do it on our own. That's what I'm starting to say. Mm -hmm. Like we can't even muster up. The love isn't come from us. Like it is his Mm -hmm. pre it is who he is. And so the more of him that dwells here, the more we can Mm. share. And I love what sister said, like, we don't go alone. Like, well, both of you are saying mm-hmm. we don't do it alone. Like Jesus was led in the de- to the desert in the spirit, by the spirit. He came out in the spirit. Like we cannot leave the Holy Spirit in there. And we c- follow the convictions of the Holy Spirit where we follow the invitation or the promptings of the Holy Spirit. That's where transformation happens. And we make it so much harder. Mm-hmm. Like I've said it often, but one of my favorite quotes is, by St. Faustina, inspiration to the Holy Spirit is one of the shortest routes to holiness. Come on. And I think we make it more difficult than it needs to be. But like, even like when I follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, transformation happens. And I was telling sister this a couple of days ago, there's a difference between being like the Lord, the Holy Spirit showing me like, I don't fix things. I transform things. You want the situation mm-hmm. fixed or you want this part of you fixed, but I don't fix things, Michelle. I transform things mm-hmm. where they're not even recognizable because yeah. they are done in my power and they're different. 
So a couple of days before I was leaving on my personal retreat, I'm doing dishes, you know, and I'm sitting there praying and I'm doing dishes and thinking about stuff. And it's one of those times where you get that sense of the Lord saying something to you. Like, you know, usually it's when my hands are busy where I'm folding laundry or doing dishes, mm-hmm. like all the people, solidarity, moms. Anyway, <laughs> but when I was doing it, the Lord was like, I felt like he was saying to my spirit, like, repent of the ways you've diluted the oil. Hmm. And I was like, and that's when that you kind of know it's the Holy Spirit, not you, because these are not sentences that I would say. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and I was thinking like, what happens when you dilute oil, like an essential oil? Like I'm thinking like when you put another mm-hmm. oil into it, mm-hmm. like it loses its power and it loses its purity. Mm-hmm, and so like mm-hmm. when I knew when I was coming into this retreat, I was going to go to confession and I knew it needed to be like a big confession, not and like things like, oh my goodness, you have so much sin, but more so postures of my heart that needed to be transformed. They didn't need to be fixed. Postures of my heart need to be transformed. So it was so funny. I was when I was doing my examination of conscience before I went into reconciliation, I was just had that image of y'all, I'm dropping a lot of movie scenes, sorry, of the notebook when he's asking or Ryan Gosling's asking her, what do you want? Like, what do you want? You know? And I felt like it was the father asking me, like, what do you want? I'm like, well, look, I did this and look at this poverty and this. He's like, no, what's the deeper longing, Michelle? Like, name it. What's the deeper longing when you act this way? What's the deeper longing? What do you really want? Like when I act envy, like, do I not believe that he's a God of abundance? And I actually use Dr. Gregory Popchek's book, Broken Gods. He takes the seven deadly sins and he takes the deeper longings. So that's how I did my examination of conscience. Like I was like, what are my deeper longings? Here's the areas of sin and here's the areas of brokenness. But what are my deeper longings? Here they are. And it piggybacked on the homily I heard, like when you're close to the Lord, Mm -hmm. like I long for communion. I long for abundance. I long for this. This is what, and why do I not have there? Because there's areas of brokenness. And so, but it was like the Holy Spirit led me to that. And I went in with him and then he transformed. Even how I saw the poverty in myself, he transforms, but there's still an element. You still have to take responsibility. You still have Mm -hmm. to be a participant in the transformation. You still have to give him permission mm-hmm. to do the transformation, but you realize the transformation, guy, it just comes out of compassion and love and kindness. It's because he wants to be close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's the beauty of the gospel. But like you have those moments in your spiritual walk where you realize, and I, I mean, that's my prayer for myself and my family and whatever. And for us, this Lent, like, I mean, it makes me trip. like the gospel's real. Like he's real. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, we mm-hmm. say that. But when the things go from the head to the heart and you experience that personal transformation, this is why we do it, people. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. It's about him. You know, it's about this love relationship. That's Lent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a complete transformation into glory. It's not behavior modification or sin management. Amen. It's a complete transformation into glory. And that's like God is faithful to his promises. And as Isaiah continues, he says, if you take away from the midst of you the yoke, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness, and your gloom be as noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire with good things and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, 
then you shall take delight in the Lord. And I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Sign me up for that. <laughs> Girl, we need the bone strong part. <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's pretty moving. I mean, I don't know anybody else mm-hmm. who's making promises like that to me. I mean, I think that's really good for us to remember. It's like, you know, I mentioned it earlier, but like God, God's invitation doesn't come without promises. There's always these like beautiful promises. Like so he's so lavish. And I and I love that the church actually, even in the midst of our fasting during Lent, there's all of these like you know, feast yeah. days and like where mm-hmm. we, we, you don't have to fast, you know, there's like so many breaks in the whole thing. I'm like, yeah. when you actually look at it, I'm like, it's not that hard. Like if you understand what is happening and what the church is doing, it's like, there's, there's very little required in that sense. Like, it's not like all about the sacrifice. It's not all intense as though we get that in our head, but like mm-hmm. these kind of promises that mm-hmm. God is making, I would just encourage our listeners to sit with that scripture this week and just read God's promises to you. Like, Literally, I don't know anybody else who's promising me something that good. So like, why would I sit in my mediocrity and my routines and my whatever? Like, isn't it worth it every time like to enter in deeper with him? Of course it is. Of course it is. That's why these seasons are good reminders to us. Amen. And we're just going to abide this Lent, friends. We're just going to abide and just let the Lord lead us. And there's a lot of reflections that Mother Mary Francis writes so beautifully, and you may or may not get to all of them, but that's not the most important thing. We're just going to let God lead us, and we're going to choose a theme for every week. So next week, we're going to talk about the theme for the week from the Sunday reading, and just to help your heart thread all these beautiful thoughts together. And the Lord has a particular journey just for you, just for you, where He's going to love you into freedom and fulfill His promises in your life. So anything else, my dear friends, that we want to add before we go into our one things for the Lenten season for the first time, Michelle? No. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Thank that you. That was good. All right, Miss Heather, we're, um, what, what are your one thing? What's your one thing for the week, girly? Uh, my one thing is a YouTube video by Francis Chan. He's giving a talk on the hidden life. I forget exactly what it's called, but it's going to be in the show notes. And I sent it to you guys too recently. And I was like, this is one of the best talks I've heard in a long time. Like mm-hmm. it really deeply mm-hmm. moved me. And yeah. One, he's just saying like, don't worry about all the public stuff. The stage can be dangerous, you know, all, all of that kind of thing, like the the longing to be out front mm-hmm. and everything. But he was also talking about the beauty of the hidden life mm-hmm. and the miracles to be found there. And so I think just during this season of Lent, that would be a good, it's, it's probably 30 minutes or something like that. So it's easy to watch, but um, Francis Chan isn't Catholic. Well, not yet anyway, but um, yeah. he's just such a devout, like radical he's follower lovely. of Jesus mm-hmm. that I, I really, really appreciate him. So I think that'll bless a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Michelle, Mm -hmm. how about you? Two things for me. One is a song. It's an older song by Jonathan Helsler, um, Abba. Like I was listening to that and it is just, yeah. And he sings it so beautiful. I mean, he sounds like the heart of the father just coming through his voice. It is such a beautiful song. So I'll put that. And the second is really y'all, the people of Louisiana, their hospitality, like they just love me so well, like the just little community I was with and I just really appreciate them. But like, I mean, I really think the only reason that Louisiana is not like completely overpopulated is because they have mosquitoes and bugs that are like the size of a helicopter. And the weather. Yeah. But other than that. But other than that, the people awesome. are amazing. Like it would be like the, yes, I mean, the people are just the, some of the best people, salt of the earth and just so kind and make me laugh, like belly laugh, funny people. And so I just really appreciate their hospitality. So 
They, I think the whole state has a stinking gift of hospitality. They're just amazing. It's true. Yeah. Y'all yes. up in Louisiana, you guys are amazing. You are. I love you. Totally. Yeah, amazing. So, sister, what about you? Uh, my one thing for the week is the Trinity f- uh, fundraiser that we had. That uh, We had a tea party for over 260 women that so came cute. to um, Front Royal, Virginia. It was so lovely. And I just want to say thank you to Laurel Sharp and her team of women that put it together. Like women baked a lot of the goods. They The flowers came. And so I put a link to the photo gallery from the day if you want to see what that was like. But I, we had little girls there. We had babes in arms. And we had women of very mature years. And some had fasteners and hats on. And we just had tea. And it was lovely. So I just want to say thank you to all of you who came and who, um, yeah, helping us build a mother house. We're very grateful. So that's it. I saw some of the pictures because some people who were there were tagging abiding so together cute. in pictures with you oh, really? and the thing. Oh, and I was yeah. like, oh it, yeah, it was just looks so gorgeous. I was so happy for you, sister, but like, so yeah, it was fun. Yeah, we had a lot of, uh, abiding together family that was present at the tea party. I so that was that. great. So that's thanks. Awesome. Thanks y'all for coming out for that. That was, it means a lot to us. So All right, dear friends, we are going to take the hand of the Lord and be led this season into Lent, into the desert, and we're going to go with him and just abide and let him reveal his goodness to us. So until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member, and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.